Mark Twain said, buy land, they're not making it anymore. He was correct, of course. Investing in land is indeed a good plan in these turbulent times. Just ask farmer Bill Gates. But time is also a solid investment class. In fact, it's arguable that time is the most precious asset we all get to invest in. Your expertise, your experience and your choices compounded over time and invested in your business really ought to bring you value and in a measurable period of time. After all, what wouldn't a dying man spend for some more time? To paraphrase Mark Twain, by time, they're not making any more of that either. With time and value in mind, Thor and his investor partners are interested in hearing from SME business owners who would like to look at a managed exit from their business in order to realise some value and create more time, time that they can then invest on the many other things that matter in life. Your first step to more valuable time, please connect with Thor at linkedin.com slash in slash Thorholt or email him at info at thorholt.com and set up a call that's linkedin.com slash in slash thorholt or info at thorholt.com this is london calling london calling many of them asked in their emails why this vitally important issue was not being taken more seriously by many of my honorable and right honorable colleagues that mr deputy speaker is a question for my colleagues to answer a lot more questions why, as evidence continues to emerge almost on a daily basis, the fourth estate was so remiss in its coverage. That, Mr Deputy Speaker, is a question for the lobby to answer. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr Toby Young. Um, Tobes, I am utterly bereft. Why? What's what's happened? <laughs> it's the end of the hunting season. Uh, I had I had my last hunt on Saturday, right. and it was a really it was a a fitting end to the season. We had a field, that's the number of riders following the hunt, of I think it was one hundred and fifty three or one hundred and fifty four, which is a lot. It, I mean, very rarely do hunts get that many people. I think maybe some of the uh, I think the Beaufort possibly gets that, but but most but, of them. And you, yeah. you weren't a follower. You were in the kind of you were you were part of the hunt and being followed, were you? Or have I got the no, terminology? No, no, no. You got terminology wrong. The, the the field are all the riders. That what you are is a mounted spectator. The hunt is just the body okay. of the huntsman and the whippers in. Right. It's a very small number of people, but the the field are the people on horseback who follow in their right, okay. in their black coats or their red coats or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and you have it, a red coat or a black coat, James? A, a black coat. Okay. Do you know what? Even if I were entitled to a red coat, I think I'd probably still wear black. I can't, I like black, and, and red's a bit. It's a bit in your face. Right. The, the, the The reason that you you wear red really is so that you can be seen. So, for example, if you're the field master, and everyone has to follow you, then clearly it's quite important that you you be. You, you stick out but everyone else i think i think black is black or, or navy blue is 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 good but it's quite um, odd that you would you would reject red on the grounds that it's a bit in your face and yet being atop a horse with a black tailcoat on wearing white jodhpurs shouting tally ho that's cream that's, creamed, cream jodhpurs you wouldn't that, know why that's not that in your face that, that's that quite subtle very, and understated is it very very in, in predict well i i think you want to you want to kind of 
blend in. I think understated is is good. Um, but, but it doesn't it doesn't sound very it was, understated. It was it was particularly it was particularly exciting for me because I broke my um, my hedge juju this time last year. I I I, I jumped ahead. Broke, came... broke something else, didn't you? No, oh no, no, that was ages ago. I, okay. I jumped ahead rather badly um, and and came off. And my horse, my horse ran off. And when he came back, when he was retrieved for me, my loose horse, I found that my saddle flask, which had previously been full of the finest aged slow gin, had been drunk almost dry by the by the lads who retrieved the horse. So, so it was not only humiliating, but it was also kind of depressing falling off a hedge. And it, and, and 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 thereafter, I was I I didn't do any more hedges that day. I was all nervous and, and stuff. And this this day, I knew there were going to be hedges, and I knew that somehow I had to face my demons. And so I saw this hedge approaching, and I and I thought, oh bloody hell! I I so do not want to do this. It was a it was a hedge. It was going down a slope, so you had to take it sort of going going uh, across across the slope. And then I heard somebody else say, oh well, it's you know it's 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 not as it, it, it's perfectly doable you'll manage and i thought well I, i'm going to manage too so I, what you've got to do with a hedge you kick on and you you hope the horse the horse has enough momentum and enough desire to go over the hedge and you kind of leave you leave your, your horse to make to make up its mind um but you've got a lot of time you've got a long run-up a lot of time in which to see the hedge getting bigger and bigger and bigger as you get closer and a lot of time to get quite quite nervous and i have to say it is the most exciting thing about hunting it is like when you're when you're you, you're sort of milling around and then you see a hedge ahead of you and you realize that this is where that where you're going and the field master leads you forward and the horses suddenly pick up speed and that you can feel this this sort of excitement spreading across it across the hunt it's like being in a cavalry charge and you all hurl yourselves at this hedge unless you want to go around of course but i mean then you hate so you don't have to take turns you sort of um you're all jumping this hedge more or less that's the good thing about hedges that's right. why we like hedges because it's the right. last it, it it's it some people say that that hunting died at in the early 20th century when when there was a lot more wire um there was a lot less country to hunt and so on but and because in the old days you could take your own line you did you, you didn't follow a field master you just went wherever you wherever you could to get over um and yeah, so with a hedge, you can all jump over in in line abreast, or pretty much, and and you 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 take your own line, and it's very exciting because, as you can imagine, you spend more time airborne because a hedge is is wider than a fence, um, and anyway, it, it's great. I I did seven hedges, and well, um, yeah, you're now a hedge master. <laughs> uh yeah, and and and. At the, when you've done it, you, you 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 come out the other side, and and you're still alive, and you you look at the person next to you who who like as not is this attractive girl, and and you say, "Wow, how cool was that?" And she goes, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's great, it really is." Flirting on horseback, <sighs> the life you lead, James. Well, I I I had uh, in my own way a very exciting experience. I I was a guest of one of the senior executives at Queens Park Rangers 
football club um, at the club on Saturday. So I was invited to the executive dining room and then the um, director's box to watch the game, QPR v Birmingham, um, a must-win game, which we, of course, went on to lose. Um, but um, and I And I thought, are they... You know, is this senior exec sizing me up as a potential board member? And I have to say, James, I wouldn't mind being on the board of QPR. Um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh, so I thought, well, I'll take Caroline with me. Because he said you can bring a guest and I could have taken yeah, yeah. one of my teenage sons. But I thought, no, I'll take my wife. He's, you know, she, she, get her to wear a nice dress. And she, I can count on her to be charming and funny and um, generally create a favourable impression. So, you know, enhance my prospects of being... Um, punched to join the board and um but it quickly dawned on me james after i've been there for about 30 seconds that i was not being sized up as a potential board member i think this executive had just read uh, one of my spectator pieces about being a qpr fan and um and had thought it would be nice to to invite me you know to keep me on side uh, and i'm you know i'm not too mean about the club when i write about them for for the spectator anyway it was it was very nice it was very nice kind of being in the dining room i sat next to les ferdinand Footballing legend, now director of football at QPR. He's um, no, he's no Matt Letizia. <laughs> I think he had a, I think he, none, he, of, he, none of them are Matt Letizia. Matt <laughs> Letizia is the only footballer that counts because he's the only one that stood out. All the rest are just a bunch of cowards. Well, um, obviously, I, 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 I don't concur. Um, though I, Why I not? Like, Why don't you? Well, because uh, actually, Les Ferdinand spoke out against um, the taking of the knee. Um, at the very beginning, um, during the height of the BLM imbroglio, he said it was a pointless piece of virtue signalling, wasn't going to reduce racism in football one iota, and as far as he was concerned, it was a waste of time, which was okay. quite courageous, I thought, at the time. But where anyway, was he on um, chibi jabs? I don't know. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I mean, Matt Letizia may be, you know, one of the few ex-footballers to publicly speak out against mRNA vaccines, but I think quite a few footballers haven't taken them. Um, yeah. uh, there, there, there seems to be quite a lot of evidence that, that quite a few haven't taken them. Uh, I think amongst and some know, clubs, athletes, I've, I've heard, I've, some I've clubs heard, haven't, haven't I've, mandated, yeah, them, yeah. which which would have given them a, a massive competitive advantage over those that that have. Because I mean, if 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 a team's had the jibby jab, they would have been hamstrung, weren't they? Whereas if 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 they're all they're all clean. They're not going to get myocarditis and stuff, which is quite an advantage. Not having myocarditis as a as a, as a young man running about a football pitch. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if uh, perhaps that, that that I don't know if that's entered into their calculations or whether it's just been the reluctance of some of the footballers to actually take the jab, which has meant that you know they haven't imposed vaccine mandates in their clubs. But anyway, um, so I don't think Latnatissier is entirely alone in being a vaccine skeptic, but he may be he may be one of the few, if not the only, footballer to probably there probably it must be a couple of others. Um, anyway, so that was my weekend. Um, it was you know depressing that we we went on to lose one nil, but very nice to watch. But do you reckon? I mean, do you do you think you have a chance of being made a director? No, it was all a fantasy. Do you think that you have a bigger chance? Are you more likely to be a director of QPR or to get elevated, if that's the the word, to the House of Lords? I think they're equally distant prospects, James. But um, I think if I am elevated to the House of Lords, my chances of being made a director of QPR will definitely go up, particularly if I'm Lord Young of Acton. Can I just say that I think it would be a, the best thing for you 
if you got made a director of QPR because it might take away your desire to chase after the the bauble of a place in the Lords. You might feel that you'd you, you, well, I'd made you, it. Know, knowing you, you wouldn't actually, would you? Because you are quite <laughs> ambitious. You do you you do quite like you do want to become part of the establishment. But... I want every bauble and honorarium going, James. But do you know the things you have to do to get those baubles? I know. I, 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 that, 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 that's, um, that's where I thought... How much adrenochrome you have to take before you get... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't... I really wouldn't go there. Probably. Quite a dirty dirty nose as well. Stick, yeah. to, stick, stick to QPR. Yeah, I think I probably probably the, the the process of becoming a director of QPR is ultimately less demeaning, less humiliating than what you need to go through to become a member of the House of Lords. Yeah. Well, should, should we have an ad and then kick off? I um, think so. March through various topics. There's quite a lot to discuss. Every week, we make recommendations for viewing on Culture Corner, and our producer dutifully notes where you can find them streaming in the US and the United Kingdom. But what if a show is only available in the country you are not in? ExpressVPN is the answer. ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. This works with many other streaming services too, BBC iPlayer, YouTube and more. There are plenty of VPN services out there, so why ExpressVPN? Blazing fast speeds, stream in HD with zero buffering, compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, encrypts your data. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting accessible to a fraction of their content get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash london don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash london to get an extra three months of expressvpn for free that's expressvpn.com slash london expressvpn.com slash london to learn more and incidentally, James, ExpressVPN is what I use when I want to watch a QPR game at home because they don't make the stream available to anyone inside the UK for licensing reasons. So you have to pretend you're you're in America or somewhere outside the UK anyway uh, in order to access the stream. You pay £10, you can access it, provided you use ExpressVPN. So I rely on it pretty much. They everywhere. must get so QPR. The number of Americans who are desperate to watch this minor league football team lose it must be incredible yeah well which 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 yeah we, we um we, we we should talk about ted lasso actually in, in in a little bit um uh when we come to culture corner but i thought should we talk about the um risk that donald trump may be arrested tomorrow i thought that was quite an interesting story um I, i'm sure you're all across it but for the sake of our well our, our english listeners who may not be across this story so um trump may be arrested tomorrow um, over allegations that he paid $130,000 in hush money to Stormy Daniels, uh, with whom he allegedly had an affair, I think, in, uh, well, before his presidential bid in 2016, his re-election, um, uh, no, his, his, his first presidential bid. Um, and the reason he may be arrested in connection with this payment is not because paying hush money to porn stars is itself against the law, but because it it, it, it might count 
as um, a uh, campaign contribution and therefore might be a breach of um, campaign finance laws. And Michael Cohen, then Trump's personal lawyer, who arranged the payment, supposedly, um, pled guilty to violating campaign finance laws in 2018 and went to jail. So the attorney general of um, the state of New York um, is um, hoping to um, uh, I think, secure an indictment so he can arrest Donald Trump tomorrow. But in order to be arrested, Donald Trump will have to give himself up uh, in New York. And it may be that he just decides to remain at Mar-a-Lago, which is in the state of Florida, in which case the New York district attorney would have to try and extradite Donald Trump from the state of Florida. And that would be in the hands of Ron DeSantis, uh, Trump's main rival at the moment for the Republican candidacy. So that could get quite interesting. Um, and Trump, of course, has um, uh, told his uh, his supporters to protest if he is arrested. And there's been, there've been rumours swirling, probably more uh, within your social media feeds than mine, but rumours swirling that this is all a setup, much like um, uh, January the 6th. And um, uh, if people do protest, there will be kind of fifth columnists there stirring up trouble. So they'll all end up in jail. Um, uh, and there'll be even more suppression of dissent on social media and in the mainstream media. Anyway, what's your take on that, James? Um, no, in, in my circles, we don't care. We're not we're just not interested. It's it's just just theatre. Not 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 interested. Uh, maybe we were Trump fans once, but now we think he's just, you know, just slightly less bad um, member of the of the corrupt establishment. Right. So I, look, I don't, I don't, don't buy into any of this Stormy Daniels stuff. I mean, the, the 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 nonsense about the what was it the cake KGB prostitutes urinating on him or something. I mean, it was all compromised. Yeah, it was all cooked up by MI6 um, for for on on behalf of Hillary Clinton and and that that law firm in um, in in DC. I, I I just think it's just it's just silly. It's just designed to distract us from from. Far, far worse things happening in the you know, world. On that compromat point, James, I don't know if I ever told you this, but um, I may have said this already on London Calling in the distant past, but um, supposedly the story was that there were these sort of unbelievably kind of supermodel, standard, attractive Russian spies um, at these various oh, yeah. international hotels in Moscow trying to honey trap um, unsuspecting politicians into... Uh, bed, so they could then photograph them, and they'd have some compromat on them, um, uh, and then they'd be, you know, is that where you want to join the lords? Well, <laughs> so no, I, 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 I thought, I thought, I thought it would be a great, a great kind of stunt to do for kind of like a lad mag, like kind of GQ or Esquire, um, is um, because I look quite, look quite a lot like William Hague, former leader of the Conservative Party, former Foreign Secretary, still, you know. Um, uh, a grey eminence in the uh, Conservative Party now in the House of Lords. Um, I could go to, I could check in to, you know, on the tail of some international British delegation, check into, you know, the International Hotel in Moscow, um, pretend to be Lord Hague, um, and just loiter at the bar and wait to be honey trapped by one of these supermodels. Oh, um, and, then, and then write a very amusing piece about how, you know, I, I basically had the time of my life um, uh, uh, and actually had to break it to her in the morning there was a case of mistaken identity. The problem is, James, I think you're about 15 years too late. You obviously haven't looked at these so-called lads mags recently. The ones you've seen <laughs> so so painfully woke now. The idea of a so a GQ or Esquire cover is now um, Lewis Hamilton wearing a dress. 
that's that's the kind of stuff they're into they're not interested in in i went to a war zone and almost got my bollock shot off or or i i I down i tequila with the with the sinaloa cartel those stories don't run anymore it's about how i how i changed my sex by toby young or my gender whatever you know that that, so you i'm sure you're right i I wrote a piece for gq i think in like god it would have been um maybe uh i think it was published in like maybe 2001 and it was a, a reprint of a piece i'd done but which uh no wait a minute i think yeah did gq refuse i think it might have even been too racy for gq james when i when i um and it was a reprint of a piece i'd done for an american lad mag which did print it and the story was i dressed up as a lipstick lesbian so yeah, i did yeah. sort of go on a sort of gender bender but for politically incorrect reasons. Yeah. I dressed up as a lipstick lesbian and did a tour of New York's most kind of glamorous lipstick lesbian clubs with a view to getting off with a lipstick lesbian. Um, and the problem was that even though I thought I looked very convincing and, and very attractive, um, that, that certainly wasn't the view of the women I encountered in these you had that Adam's apple. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got they quite feminine tell. legs. I, 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 you put, maybe, maybe you could tell. And, and at that, it, it, back in those days, you couldn't kind of turn around and accuse an attractive lesbian of refusing to get off with you because you were a man dressed as a woman and that she was, this was the cotton ceiling and she was a transphobe, a turf and a bigot for refusing to go home with you. Um, whereas, you know, presumably you could do that now. Um, but uh, funnily enough, when I then got cancelled for... Um, uh, when I was, you know, briefly appointed by Theresa May to this um, oh, yeah. new regulator. Uh, this was brought up by Owen Jones and others um, on Sky News as part of the kind of general offence archaeology that was done on me. And they were saying I had once dressed up as a woman in order to um, sexually assault um, lesbians in New York nightclubs. That's how they build it. And they said, they said, if, it, if there was an element of deception involved, then it was by definition sexual assault. And I was essentially yeah. a sexual predator. Yeah. You know, if, if, but it was it was so disingenuous because obviously the point of writing the piece was that I crashed and burned and couldn't persuade any of these attractive women to touch me with a barge pole. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been remotely funny. Um, but anyway, of course, they didn't read no, it. Completely I'm going with Owen Jones. <laughs> I think you are you are a dangerous sexual predator. I, if I, I'm have to call you from now on, dangerous <laughs> sexual predator, Toby Young. Uh, um, yeah, um, believe there was, there was no predation involved. Um, so um, okay. Um, I, I, here's another story, James. That um, I think you might have something to say about, which um, I don't know if you've seen, but in the way. National Assembly in France. Um, a law has just, I think, passed its first reading, uh, which will make it um, illegal for parents to share images of their children on social media. And um, I wondered whether you'd ever got into trouble. Well, first of all, I wondered what you thought about that. Is it a kind of encroachment by the state on, you know, parental responsibility, which is kind of part of the attack on the family? Um, or is it actually something quite sensible because children do need to be protected from their mercenary parents trying to get clicks and make money from posting cute pictures of them, kind of trying to, you know, cook bagels or whatever it might be on Instagram. What's your take on it? Um well I've got I've got various thoughts on this. Um it reminds me of a time when my kids were about five or six. You know, when they sort of they're still okay to run around naked in the garden and stuff doing you know whatever they what they do and if it's in the summer. Um and I took some photographs of them playing naked badminton with their friends. 
and I then took them to, or rather, sent the au pair off to the to the the the, the, the photo place to get them developed. And she came back and said that they'd refused to develop them because they were potentially, you know, suspect images. And I was thinking, what? Well, how can kids holding, you know, clearly holding badminton rackets, um, playing over a badminton net, playing in the garden naked, innocently, and like sort of pornographic about these pictures? So I got, I got really, really, I, I got really peed off because I thought this is the way the culture is going. Everything is becoming incredibly censorious. Um, uh, at the same time, I've noticed about, this is just an observation about social media, particularly uh, Twitter, um, that anyone who posts, whose who's Twitter avatar, who was Twitter picture, shows them with their children, with their young children, or advertises the path fact that they are you know proud loving dad of yeah. of sarah and bad sign usually isn't it means they are a psychopath they are <laughs> a really really nasty piece of work anyone who talks about their kids is by definition a complete wanker um <laughs> and and so on those grounds i think i'm with the french i think that <laughs> children should be removed from people's social media altogether because uh because people who do it are are basically evil and should be should be right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, I, I'm I, you know under this new law, I think I could have I could be prosecuted um uh, for a number of um violations. I, I, I sometimes publish pictures of me with my teenage boys, two of whom are under eighteen now. What playing um, badminton in the news? No, not naked. Fully clothed at QPR matches, All right. um, and um, uh, but uh, yeah, for me the more relevant um, accusation I think is not that I've exploited my children's images on social media to promote myself. It's that I've written about my children in various columns, and yeah. I used to be able to get away with that um, when they were much younger because you know they didn't bother to read um, my Spectator column and none of their friends read it, so would point it out to them. Um, but now you know uh, once they reach the age of about 13 or 14 if I mention one of them in my spectator column and even even if it's I think quite a flattering light I have them saying something quite funny um, uh, they get really cross but then um, Rachel Johnson um, uh, Boris's sister um, told them um, that she'd worked she'd come to an arrangement with her children when she was a prolific columnist whereby every time she mentioned one of them in one of her columns she'd have to pay them 75 pounds so now my children insist that if I ever mention them, they don't actually mind. They like it, but I have to compensate them by paying them at least seventy-five pounds, which of course means I never do it. Wow, yeah, I, I, I think that's that, that's good. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They they do they do loathe it. I don't I don't write about my. Well, I, I wouldn't dare actually. I wouldn't dare. No way. <laughs> you know, I think once they once I think once they reach the age of about fourteen, it's obviously extremely yeah, perilous. Yeah. Um, to include pictures or write about your children. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, well, we're, we're both reasonably sympathetic to that law. Um, so um, maybe it's my turn to read um, an ad, James. Um, let's let's hear from one of our newer sponsors, um, uh, who uh, who is um, Sal Dahar. So, James, let's do a plug for Sal Deher, CFA, who listens to us in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So he's an American listener, but a big fan of the show. Listeners, you should check out Sal's podcast, Angel Invest 
Boston. It's mostly on building technology startups, but it's not all about business. Sal also delves into other aspects of human flourishing, such as creativity, good relationships and healthy ageing. Useful for us, James. The art-minded might enjoy Sal's interviews with graphic novelist Catherine Woodman Maynard or Parisian business professor Sylvian Bureau. Catherine's podcast is titled The Business of Being an Artist and discusses her graphic interpretation of The Great Gatsby and how she built her business. Sylvian's interview, called Art Thinking in Business, introduces us to his use of art to get business people to think creatively. Do follow Angel Invest Boston on your podcast app and leave a rating and a written review to help it get found. That's Angel Invest Boston from a big fan of London Calling. So, James, um, so I don't know if you've been seeing all these um, uh, memes depicting Suella Braverman, who is uh, currently, I think, or at least yesterday was in Rwanda, where she was inspecting the um, uh, residential compounds where um, uh, undocumented migrants arriving in the UK on small boats would be will be relocated to once we can sort out our problem with the um, European Court of Human Rights. Um, so she was there inspecting these uh, residential facilities, which, you know, on the face of it looked actually quite comfortable. And in one of the pictures, she was smiling, evidently having just um, shared a joke with two people, both black on either side of her. And the, the kind of first level of memeing just cut the two black people out of the photographs who so had her smiling in front of what was billed as an internment camp making her supposedly look incredibly heartless and then the second level was to was to substitute the picture of the internment camp in the background for a picture of Auschwitz um and um and and that one of those pictures was retweeted i think by James O'Brien he may have only retweeted the first level of me not the second not sure but certainly a lot of people on the left the very same people James who got completely outraged when Andrew Bridgin quoted a cardiologist uh, saying that the vaccine rollout was comparable to the holocaust it was a crime against humanity the very people who became absolutely outraged at Bridgen's supposed trivialization of the Holocaust to make a political point were absolutely unhesitating in retweeting this meme in which um, Swella Braverman was depicted laughing in front of Auschwitz. Um, I thought that was a, a pretty clear illustration of the double standards of the left. Um, yeah, I don't look, I don't I don't I don't buy into this 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 Rwanda story is another complete distraction. I don't believe that, that that a single immigrant is going to end up in in Rwanda. I don't think that it was ever the government's intention to do so. I think I think it's a complete non-story. It's designed to. I mean, actually, you 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 mention precisely the sort of reason why this non-story is appearing in our media to distract us, and you you put your finger on it, Andrew Bridgen. Um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned him yet in the context of his extraordinary speech that he delivered um, a couple of days ago. I think it was. It was uh, must have been just before the weekend. Where, I was waiting for you to bring that up, James. Where, where he was in a, in a good. He he was he were he finally got himself in a German debate, in which he talked for what twenty minutes to the house um, about vaccine injuries, um, and you'll have seen the extraordinary scenes where. The, the the debating chamber was pretty 
pretty sparsely attended anyway. But just before Bridgen stood up, the remaining MPs were ushered out or were given signals to move by um, an MP called Andrew Mitchell, I think. Um, he's been identified. And Andrew Mitchell has a very cosy relationship with Guess Who, uh, our friend Bill Gates. And he does I, I, have a crazy what... I know, I know, people yes. have retweeted a picture of him, but like plenty of people have taken selfies. He may have even, you know, done what one of the VIP ticket holders did at um, the the James Teleton at um, the Emmanuel Centre recently, and just paid for the privilege of having a no. selfie with Bill Gates. No, Large, the, the 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 pharmaceutical industry has, has poured poured millions into um, buying off Parliament. Um, Andrew Mitchell. Has definitely benefited. For, he's, he's definitely on, on, on at least one of the one of these these committees, sort of trying to promote, you know, vaccine awareness, or, or I, I forget the exact the exact one. But there's no question that, that Mitchell is very much on the on the Bill and Melinda Gates gravy train. And but but I mean the the, the broader issue is this type. I'd be I'd, he, I'd hesitate before saying that, James. That that could be. I mean that that, that it may not be true. I mean he, he may have he may have um, you know cooperated with Bill Gates. I think he was Secretary of State for Development at one stage. Um and um he may have, you know, he's he been have... to he's been to, to, to he's not, to Bill he's not necessarily Gates, on the on the Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates payroll. I don't think that's not that we don't know that. That well, might he be will have been he will have he will have been to um uh events sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, pushing pushing the vaccine, pushing pharmaceutical industry into interventions. Uh, pretty much all of them have. Um, my question to you is, how do you feel about your ongoing support for a political system, which is now clearly so unfit for purpose that it that it no longer believes in, in the basics of, of even the illusion of a democratic process, where you've got an important issue, maybe the most important issue in politics right now, being ignored by the entire political class. I mean, how do you feel about, about Andrew Bridgen, uh, sorry, Andrew Mitchell, driving driving MPs out? How do you feel about the fact that they were they were willing to leave the the, the debating house, the debating chamber during this this speech by Andrew Bridgen, which is it, surely quite important. It may, it, I mean, you, you may be you know um, adding two and two and making five. I mean, it could be that Andrew Mitchell was ushering people out of the debating chamber because, you know, there was a, a meeting in a committee room. He wanted Oh, do you think so? Do you really believe that? Maybe a friend of his was holding a book party on the House Hobbes. of Commons Terrace. Hobbes. We don't know for sure. You are taking the mickey there. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot believe that. You cannot. Well, I don't, I, we don't know for certain that he was... He was um, Why are you making excuses for the, him? Well, I don't, I don't get like, this. A presumption of innocence, James. I think you're assuming guilt. You're assuming he was doing the bidding. Of when does that happen things. in Parliament? When does when does the entire chamber get cleared? Well, it, it, by... it usually is quite empty for these adjournment debates. And we but, saw him, I think, not... moving, moving one person on in the clip I saw anyway, um, encouraging one person to leave. But it could be that, you know, they, 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 they had an appointment. They were supposed to have a drink or something. I don't know. It's possible, James. I mean, you're assuming the worst, but uh, we don't know for this sure. Is just, this is just risk. But I, 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 but nonetheless, James, I do think that um, uh, it's a shame that more people weren't in the chamber to hear what Andrew Bridgen had to say. But I think we know why they weren't. What well, more scandalous, James, I think, is the fact that um, YouTube initially put the video up on 
its platform and then removed it. Now they've put it back again now, and it may well be that it was kind of, you know, it triggered some algorithm or it was a decision made by someone fairly low down the pecking order and it has now gone back up. And we linked to it in the Daily Skeptic Roundup this morning. Um, but um, I thought that was more scandalous. Um, I, I, and I think a taste of the over-removal we're likely to see of any contentious content once the online safety bill becomes law. I'm just looking up looking up um, Andrew Bridgen, and here he is. Secretary of State Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Sorry, Andrew Mitchell, first overseas speech given at Carnegie Endowment, Washington, Washington, D.C., uh, and talks about the inspirational work of Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I suspect he, he certainly gets a lot of, he does say he just gets travel expenses. <laughs> right. Um, he, he seems to be very much on, on, the, on the bandwagon with all this stuff. You, Tobes, it, it just makes you look silly. When you say things like, oh, oh, it, there, there might have been a perfectly innocent explanation for the house being cleared in this way. It just, it the house wasn't, well, anyway, we, 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 the house being cleared is a slight exaggeration. There weren't many people there. And in the video I saw, Andrew Mitchell was encouraging a, encouraging. Woman, on, a woman in the House of Commons to get up and leave after Andrew Bridging got up and started talking. You didn't see him clearing the commons that's an do you think may, do you think maybe that that she had an important hairdresser appointment and that and that that was why he was reminding her of is, is that would that be your explanation well what, one of the, there's only there's only a number of possibilities why he might have been doing it but i think your your suggestion that this was completely innocuous and unconnected with the speech by andrew bridgen who has been ostracized by pretty much every mp in parliament apart from christopher uh christopher chope and you you say the chamber wasn't completely empty that's only because i, I believe that certain a token number of front benches are obliged to remain there including the the gimp the sort of the the, the, the pointlessly good-looking young man who just spouted government policy i i i i'm genuinely concerned tobes that, that at this point in in the, the cycle you are still defending the government's failure to address vaccine injuries and the treatment of Andrew Bridgen. I do, I do not get why you are doing this. Is it because you, you just respect the Conservative Party too much? Is it because you want to be in with these people? I don't, this is to go beyond neutrality, that you, you seem to be in a, adopting a position which well, is, I would say, morally untenable. One reason, one reason I, um, I, I'm reluctant to convict um, Andrew Mitchell of... Um, being part of a Bill Gates-led conspiracy to make sure no one heard Andrew Bridgen is because, I don't know if you recall, but a few years ago, he was accused of calling a police officer standing outside the gates of 10 Downing Street a pleb. Remember that pleb gate? And, um, that was another distraction. Well, he, he, he I don't think it was, well, it, it, it proved to be a very costly distraction for him because he unsuccessfully sued someone for libel, I believe, over that. But I always thought he was innocent. I didn't believe. It, it did fit people's kind of, you know, preconceptions about the sort of language that kind of these kind of Tory toffs use when addressing ordinary people that get in their way. To me, it never had the ring of truth. I, I always thought he was innocent. I mean, admittedly, he wasn't able to prove his innocence. Uh, but 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm slightly reluctant to kind of, you know, charge him with something else, perhaps not a serious... Okay. 
Okay, um, but, uh, without, but without, 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 without being in possession of the full facts, without having heard sorry. his side of the story. Wait, hang on, wait a second. You, you are using, you, you, you are now making this about, it doesn't really matter whether, it's just a minor detail of the story that Andrew Mitchell ushered out the, these emblems. I think but, it was only one that I saw anyway, yeah. But the, there's a bigger issue at stake here, which is that Andrew Bridgen made a speech for 20 minutes on maybe the most important issue facing people in this country, the fact that their government has has conspired to make them, to bully them, to blackmail them, to take a, a medical treatment that they did not need, which has injured many of them, killed some of them. And you are you're saying, well, it's kind of OK, because reasons I don't know. Why are you not more more uncomfortable? I, I, like, I, think, what's Jack, I think I think you're, you're misunderstanding what our point of disagreement is. Um, I'm not disagreeing that vaccine harms is an important national issue and deserves a lot of attention, including attention from the government. And I think in due course, it will. It will get that. Why not? Why not now? Well, I think well, I think why not now, James? I'm not dis I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you about that. Um, what I'm disagreeing with you about is I don't think that there needed to be a Bill Gates led conspiracy in which Andrew Mitchell was a kind of spear carrier in order to suppress attention, interest in Andrew Bridgen's speech. I think. Have you uh, have you heard about have you heard of Gabby? Have I you mean, heard of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? They are quite active in in promoting vaccines. They have been quite major in in the so-called vaccine rollout. It's not yeah, it's, but 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 not but, just but, some but, random ra random computer geek who happens to have been fingered with this thing in which he has not with which he has nothing to do. But I would I have mean, thought that that yeah, James. But I would have thought that let's suppose you're right and that Andrew Mitchell was ushering an MP out of the chamber because he didn't want Andrew Bridgen to get a hearing. I don't, suppose he have, I don't suppose he would have. He didn't need to be coaxed into doing that. No phone call or email from Bill Gates would have been necessary. He oh, is now a, you're he being is slippery. A, now he's, you're, now, he's, now he's you're a, being James. What what you don't understand is that because because you, you don't really leave your echo chamber very often. But the vast majority of people, the vast majority, particularly people in Parliament, ex-government ministers, senior officials, public health officials senior medics they're all four square 100 percent behind the vaccine think it was a miracle drug and the, 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 they're very reluctant to change their minds because of anchoring bias because they don't want to look like fools they don't want to seem like they were complicit in encouraging the public to do something that actually as you say many of them didn't need and in some cases was harmful uh, it, that's why uh, no one wants to pay attention to Andrew Bridgen. It's not because they've been enlisted in some diabolical conspiracy. It's because they made a stupid mistake uh, 18 months ago and are now unwilling to, 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 to own up to it. I think it's, wasn't it, one, there was a famous, Mark Twain said, it's, it's far easier to sucker someone than it is to persuade them that they've been suckered. It's basic human psychology. You don't need this fanciful incredible fantastical explanation involving bill gates and phone calls and the wef to explain this sort of behavior and that's why the msm didn't cover andrew bridgen's speech either that's our point of disagreement not that it's not an important issue i agree it's an important issue and should be debated what? in parliament the question is why why was his speech um uh, why didn't it get much attention why wasn't it covered in the msm why did andrew mitchell if he did usher that woman out of the chamber it's because they're all bought into this um group think about the the miraculous quality of the vaccine 18 24 months ago so they're now very reluctant to admit they made a mistake for a variety of reasons but that's that's right, basic right. human psychology it doesn't require 
this kind of elaborate, fantastical explanation that you're providing. It's a shame that that that, that the completely non-conspiratorial nature of of Bill Gates's involvement in this. I mean, the fact you know it's not any kind of conspiracy theory. There, there is an, a, an organization called Gabby. Gates has pumped billions in some uh, billions into uh, universities, Imperial College, uh, um, in, into which, which of course funded the 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 the, the terrible um, Neil Ferguson study, which 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 raised the scaremongering. It's he's he's funded. Uh, um, uh, research, vaccine research that some of the vaccine research that led to the creation of the so-called oxine, uh, oxford vaccine the Astra, astrazeneca he's pumped money in, into the telegraph into the guardian to buy up this this to to create this you're, you're which crediting him with being a kind of global health security but, but yeah. james but, but, but okay, you're crediting but, him you're crediting him with being a thought no. leader I'm, I'm just not convinced he is a thought leader no no, no, no. he's following I, their I, lead he's not he's I'm, not giving them the I'm, lead what I'm saying is that is that all this stuff is very much in the public domain. So for you for so for you to characterize it as this kind of oh this is a bit of an edgy conspiracy theory is I would say disingenuous. But what I'm also saying is that it really doesn't matter. I mean, I regret having mentioned uh, Bill Gates not because I think he's he's not completely germane and 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 completely above board in this in this story. His involvement is very very clear. But it has enabled you to play the game whereby you go well. I don't think that this 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 man in his in his um, agreeable sweaters with his background in the tech industry is is some evil mastermind. I think it's a good. So I do, I, I regret having enabled you to play that disingenuous game. I just wanted you to answer me the more basic question, which you have. I mean, I'm not sure I convinced by your answer, but you have answered the question, why you think it's okay for an MP to appear in the House of Commons chamber and make a 20 minute speech, which for some really mysterious reason, even though lots of the constituents represented by these, these MPs have died or lost legs or, or, or had life-changing injuries, which you would have thought might be of concern, of concern to MPs representing but you, you're, you're going back to. I thought I cleared up this misunderstanding, James. I thought I thought we we cleared this up ten minutes ago. Why are you back on this? What I'm saying is I'm unconvinced by. It's your... the explanation for yes. why his yes. speech received so little yes. attention that I'm, we're disagreeing I'm, about. I'm, I'm agreeing. It should have got more attention. I'm unconvinced that, that you, you don't seem to hear that. That that that, no. that seems to go in one ear and out the other when I say that to you, James. No, I agree no. with you. How many times do I have to repeat it? I agree with you. His speech was important and should have got attention, should have been covered in the mainstream media. The chamber should have been full. But the reason it wasn't is not because there was some conspiracy to suppress the truth about the vaccines. It was because all these people have a basic psychological motive for suppressing yeah. the mistake they made 18, 24 months ago. Uh, that, that's what we're disagreeing about. It's like you, you don't I don't think you need to invoke a diabolical conspiracy to explain why his speech didn't get more yeah, attention. I can hear you. I can I can hear you distorting. Listen, James, but but while we're on the subject of um, yeah, yeah. Uh, odd behaviour by billionaires, um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, you probably think this is a distraction too, but it's a sort of odd left field distraction. So Rupert Murdoch, having just, um, I think, finalised his divorce um, with... Um, What's her face? Um, uh, Mick Jagger's ex um, is now getting married again. So it's, it was announced today that he's become engaged to a 66 year old called um, Anne Leslie Smith. He's 92. I mean, what's going on there? I mean, is he kind of 
He's 92. I mean, how big a driver can his libido be at that age? Has he discovered some sort of magical turbocharged Viagra, which means he's still horny at the age of 92 and therefore just marries a succession of kind of attractive 60 year olds? Um, Or or is it kind of revenge on his kind of uh, ungrateful kids? He wants to kind of squander as much of his fortune on alimony. So he'll just kind of marry and divorce, marry and divorce for as long as he possibly can can diminish his fortune so there's just almost nothing left when the kind of uh, when that when they squabble over you know over his um his will i mean what's going on there if you were a 92 year old multi-billionaire can you imagine kind of you know um uh, divorcing and marrying divorcing and marrying at quite the speed that, that rupert murdoch does um, i forgot to mention the coolest thing about about saturday um at the meet, at the at the at the at the begin, right at the beginning, I saw this woman, uh, a woman of a certain age, on a, on a black horse, and she was smoking a fag. So I instantly went over. I gravitated towards her because the smokers hang hang together, and I, I scrounged a fag off her. And it turned out she was eighty one. She was still hunting at eighty one. And if I'm if, if I get that old, um, that's what I want to be doing. I, I, I don't want to be shagging under you know sort of third fourth or fifth wife I'm, I'm i'm perfectly happy with the wife i've got don't i don't don't need to buy a younger model or whatever you know marriage is forever um and uh i think it's part of the kind of the sickness of of the of the elites i mean you know you look at look at mick jagger that that we we're supposed to look up to mick jagger as a kind of a sort of person we'd like to be He's not. He's just a, a sort of filthy old man. He's he's just a, a priapic priapic tosser, and I think the same really applies to Rupert Murdoch. I don't I don't think there's anything attractive um, or desirable about this serial, you know, serial husband of of ever younger women. I think it's just rather sad. He should to be, be fair. Something... To be what? fair to him, I'm sure you don't see why anyone should be. But um, no. Anne Leslie Smith is i think 66 so i think she's she's not significantly younger if indeed she's at all younger than jerry hall um the former supermodel whom he has just so how old's how old's he she's 66 and he's 90 92 so there's there's quite an age gap there Um, that is so how how big is that 26 so that's like you and me going for a 32 year old 30 I can't. I can't do the math. It doesn't but, seem know. so absurd when you put it like Somebody that. Somebody in her early thirties. No, no. I think twenty. Tw- tw- yeah, no. I think somewhere like twenty. 24- 26 20 what would it be yeah it's so ancient we can't work it out but something yeah 26 uh in my case yeah 32 33 something like that yeah yeah i think that's perfect that's perfectly that would be perfectly acceptable wouldn't it james or would you, would you think that would be disgusting um <laughs> no I, well i mean I, I don't i don't want to knock people with with large gaps you know in there i, I just think that I just think it's a bit it's a bit revolting just moving from from husband you know, from, from wife to wife just like I don't know anyway um I'm quite whatever he, that what, way, what, whatever he's smoking I want to smoke some of that um okay. should we hear from our next sponsor James aha it's an old favorite it's an old favorite in the minute I've been talking to you 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire 
all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. And now, with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that meet your criteria. Visit indeed.com slash London to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash London. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, James, uh, Culture Corner. Yeah, yeah. I've There's been such a dearth of stuff. To, oh, by the way, that that Swedish series I, I mentioned last week, you know, the one. Yeah, the, the playlist. Yeah, it did something really stupid and quintessentially bloody Swedish, I thought, which is that. The, the writers of the story, I mean, it was, it was interesting up to, up to this point. The writers of the story felt compelled to invent the, this character in the life of the, the founder of Spotify. She didn't exist. She was a kind of a, 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 a sort of soul singer. And she'd allegedly known the founder of, well, I've forgotten what his name is now, the guy who founded Spotify. What is he? Um, I don't know. Um, well, don't anyway, know. they invented her. And then they had her launching launching a campaign, uh, which ended up being discussed in, in Congress by this kind of, uh, yeah, Daniel Ek, Daniel Ek, um, by this righteous, crusading Democrat, in in congress and this stuff was all made up it was just stupid i was really cross about that anyway there's been a real dearth of stuff to watch on tv and i've gone back to yellowstone okay yeah which what season I, you I only, I mean, i've only watched season one which i quite like but apparently season two is by an order of magnitude better than season one so i really have got to get around to watching it uh, yeah so it's written by this guy called taylor sheridan who our friend Mark Miller really rates because because he sees um, he sees Yellowstone as part of this backlash because you know, you know Mark thinks Mark thinks that that entertainment moves in eleven year cycles. And yes, that we are now very much in the anti woke stuff. Um, yeah, we're at the beginning of the next eleven year cycle. Yeah, the last eleven yeah. years in the woke bit, which yeah. is which is why he thinks series like like Yellowstone and the one with sliced alone set in the um, samaritan tulsa tulsa king and 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 so on tulsa king yeah and 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 why the highest grossing movie of last year was top gun maverick and uh, exactly the, the sort of machismo is back but although i enjoy yellowstone and and it's it, it it's fantastic seeing um kevin costner as this this the, 
the guy's a bastard, but you love him because he's Kevin's Kevin Costner. There's there's so much machismo. I love the horses. The horse is great, but there is too much machismo in it, in it for me. That the men are always fighting with fists, and, yeah. and some so of it, it is. It's just... not a but it, the, the the portrait of masculinity is quite toxic, isn't it? That was my impression from watching season one. It yeah. didn't seem all that non woke. Um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I'm not thinking. Go lads! Finally, we are being represented fairly on 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 screen. Yeah. I I look at it and I think this is just pornographic and it's in it and it's violence. It, it it's and it's not natural either. It didn't strike me as real that that we're sort of being invited into this 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 man's world, which doesn't strike me as a as as genuine it's a, it's a kind of tv writer's idea of a man's world yeah which is not quite the same thing it's almost as it, it has something of dallas about it i mean i think it obviously thinks it, itself to be much much cleverer than dallas but that's basically what it is there is something slightly schlocky about it i'm, I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna have lots of lots of yellowstone fans yeah i i, I thought that what was it the, the the um the uh the daughter played by kelly Whatever she's called, I thought. I thought. Um, I thought she was a very good character, and she's a brilliant actress. The alcoholic. Oh, she's great. Quite sexy kind of. She's the wayward. best. She's the best thing in she's it. The best thing. She's the best thing in it. Yeah, I quite like. I, I, but I, I, I'm willing to give it another chance and um, go on to season two. And, and also, the prequels are supposed to be very good too. So there's the prequel with Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford. That's supposed to be very good. And there's another prequel too. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm willing to buy into the Yellowstone franchise, and um, uh, I'm going to definitely watch season two. Um, I didn't. I, I thought it was pretty good, but um, but yeah, I don't buy this idea that it's. Um, it's part of the kind of anti-woke backlash. Uh, basically, Kevin Costner's the leader of what amounts to a criminal gang, isn't he? Um, it, it is. I, I think it's subtle as a rattlesnake. It, it, it pretends to be something more than that, and it's not. It's 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 almost as bad in it when that terrible man, the awful man who wrote Peaky Blinders, him, the one who's right. turning, who's turning, who's got Pip in Great Expectations using the F word. I mean, what, what's that? So that's why yeah, I didn't realize that that's that. He's the guy that he he, he sort of first um, uh, came to prominence when he um, he he wrote. Uh, he he was the brains behind Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, millionaire right? Oh, was he? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Not Jasper Carrot. Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's horribly. He's a, he's a hack, but he's he, he's quite good at at, at 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 finding the stuff that gets commissioned. He did the SAS series and stuff. Yeah, and he's he's written another. He did he did um, he did uh, he's done he did he wrote that David Cronenberg film about kind of did Russian he? gangsters in London, which I thought was quite good. Uh, anyway, oh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, he's not he, he can be he can be quite good. Anyway, so I saw James um, like you. I've been sort of searching for new and interesting things to watch, and um, so I rather reluctantly um, watched episode one of season three of Ted Lasso, and I thought Ted Lasso almost jumped the shark in season two i don't know if you ever bothered with season one but um season two was a, was a was 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 um significantly worse than season one and much woker in a kind of really grating irritating way uh, and season three is even worse so it's just awful uh, and i'm not going to watch the rest of it i watched the how did episode. it go how, how does this wokeness express itself well um uh, well i suppose first of all the figure of Ted Lasso is a kind of completely pathetic man. 
Um, he's been um, uh, left by his wife. Um, yeah. He, he's a kind of um, sentimental, doting father. He's pushed around by his female boss. Um, he's a kind of beta male in the locker room. Um, and, you know, he's, all his problems are supposedly because he didn't have a loving enough relationship with his own father and everything is soluble by the right kind of therapy and it's a kind of advertisement for it's almost like kind of it's almost like a kind of the television uh manifesto that um prince william and prince harry would have produced to promote their idea that all men need therapy and that we need to start talking about our mental health and that toxic masculinity is rooted in the stiff upper lip and not talking enough about our feelings and not being able to express Awful. our feelings or being yeah. in touch with them. That's the kind of that's the sort of that's the sort of underlying agenda. It's all about, you know, the benefits of therapy for bottled up men who had difficult relationships with their fathers. Um, but also the female characters are just unremittingly awful. Um, so they're constantly talking about sex and their sexual needs in a kind of vulgar, in-your-face way. In one scene in episode one, season three, um, this this um, woman who was the PR for the football club for Richmond FC has set up her own PR company and, um, and at one point she's in a meeting with her best friend who's the owner of the football club and she just suddenly burst into tears and it's like totally unclear what's going on as the best friend asked her and it turns out that she's scheduled time for herself to cry because don't you know all women need time in the day to have a good cry. They describe it as an orgasm of the soul. And I guess that's in keeping with the general theme that whatever fleeting emotion happens to be flickering across your psyche has to immediately be expressed and indulged because emotional incontinence is a virtue um so they but yeah i don't think it's a particularly flattering portrait of kind of modern career women that they have to kind of make appointments to cry at their desks i mean good lord um anyway uh it, it, it was just ghastly beyond imaginably ghastly and uh, uh my wife and i sat there and thought that's it we are categorically giving up on this program we're not going to watch the rest of it well i'm glad i'm glad you saved me because i i did find it it was already bordering on on the to, to uh, on the two twee for comfort it was all it was so sweet natured and i yeah. did yeah you're right i it's, it's not far too sweet that the kind yeah. of corniness of ted lasso and his kind of you know his down home good humored corny homespun forest gump wisdom is just yeah. just it's totally you know outstayed its welcome it's uh it's yeah jump the shot don't watch it okay um good. i think that's probably i don't have anything more from uh no. from corner no. um, uh, yeah i've got I've, I've also i've got to go and um make porridge before i go to my pilates class so this is the timing is good and i'll just okay. have time to digest it so there we are All okay right, James. good See to talk week. to yeah yep. i'll have no hundred to talk about next week because i don't know what i'm going to talk about really because it's like you know, roll on September. Well, of course, then the hunting season well, starts. Well, then, then autumn hunting, as it's known, I think yep. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, James. Okay. All right, see you then. Right. See Bye. Bye. Our final ad today is from Crest Mortgages. If you're responsible for a business and for commercial or buy-to-let property, you're probably keeping a weather eye on the economy right now. Enter Dan Gaskin cheerful fellow skeptic and owner of Crest Mortgages. Dan is an ex-Royal Navy warfare officer who has bought and sold companies and thrives on making sure you're financially protected and provided for. 
Whether you're Team Toby or Team James, Dan will help you navigate through stormy economic seas. Dan is also interested in networking with fellow established business owners in order to find opportunities to work with people for investment in their company or are looking to implement their exit strategy. To talk through commercial and financial challenges in complete confidence, call 0116-5023-000. And do please also connect at www.linkedin.com slash in slash Dan Gaskin. And that number again is 0116-502-3000. And to be FCA compliant, Crest Mortgages is a trading style of Epiphany Investments Limited, which is an appointed representative of the Open Work Partnership, a trading style of Open Work Limited, which is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. We choose to be part of the Open Work Partnership, an award-winning network. Your house may be repossessed if you do not keep up with repayments on your mortgage. This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation. 